0: It doesn't make sense that we that we are in competition or that we compete with each other because all of us are using the same funds anyway so we need to collaborate in a way where the ideas and the entrepreneurs come from sort of getting inspired somewhere to internationalizing and really strengthening Sweden as a whole and strengthening the innovation and, and bringing back to the community in a way that sort of make sure that the government funds are being utilized correctly.
1: Hey, my name is Innocent Mugenga, and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast, an exploration of how society interacts with technology and you. In these COVID-19 quarantine days, We have launched a concept called A Pod A Day, where we aim to release a pod a day, a podcast a day. And that's work days, so that's five podcasts a week. We'll be talking to different people, reflecting on certain questions or concepts, and trying to stay in touch with you. So for that, we would like to get more of your questions in to the podcast Visit learnability.online and you'll simply find where you can contribute with your questions or thoughts. Please do. Now, on to the episode. Hello, Julia.
0: Hi, Innocent.
1: Hi, how are you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. It's been, a, it's been a good week, I have to say. Regardless of the circumstances, we're getting some sun and getting productive work done.
0: Yeah, I feel like Swedes needed Corona during this time because now we can be happy about the sun at least, right?
1: Yes, I see a lot of uh, pictures from the balcony, Yeah, <laughs> people in quarantine, but still getting some sun.
0: Yeah, that's nice. I wish I had a balcony.
1: <laughs> ah, for <poor> you. Yeah. <laughs> so what have you been up to these weeks?
0: Um, well, we have been sitting and working at home for the past, I think, three or four weeks. It's been working fine, I think, but uh, of course uh, you miss all of the happy entrepreneurs that we meet every day in our work.
1: Oh yeah. You can first start off by by saying what you do, and then I'm really interested in how you're keeping in touch with all these entrepreneurs and and
0: still supporting them. Yeah, of course. So uh, I head up the venture incubator of Stockholm School of Economics, and we sit at A-House in the same office as you do with Levels.
1: Yes, just beneath us. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Um, And basically we help uh, entrepreneurs or people who are interested in starting their own business who are somehow affiliated with SSE. uh, So either student, alumni, staff or faculty to start their business. And uh, we support them from idea to uh, internationalizing.
1: And how many entrepreneurs or companies do you have per cohort?
0: So we admit around um, eight companies to our incubation program and around five to 10 in our acceleration program. And right now we have 16 companies sitting with us.
1: All right. And they're renewed every year, right?
0: Yeah. So uh, it's a bit different depending on which program they're in. But basically the acceleration programs are meant to be a much a faster way out to test your product and validate it if it's uh, uh, viable and uh, uh, feasible. And that program is uh, eight to 16 weeks. And then the incubation program is more uh, for them to be able to grow their business into sort of having a recurring revenue and internationalizing. And that program is up to 18 months. So then they can be with us for quite a while.
1: Okay. And could you tell us maybe about some of the... um previous success cases that you've had?
0: Yeah, of course. I would love to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) We have, um, well, one of the companies that we're most proud of, of course, is uh, Klarna. Uh, They were with us in 2004. Uh, And of course, uh, everyone knows them today. Uh, But also some of our, maybe, uh, well, they're less known that they were at the business lab is um, Budbee. Um, who are quite, oh, yeah. quite big now. Uh, yeah. Casa, that was bought, bought by Blockit. Yes. And uh, Jollybox. Maybe some of you remember the frozen yogurt brand that was founded by two super cool uh, women and uh, then later sold the company.
1: They had a quite quick uh, scaling journey, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. And they were, uh, it was interesting to follow their journey because they were, uh, doing Instagram really well when almost nobody else was doing Instagram well. And I think that was a part of their success, really attracting that type of customer who, who was exploring Instagram at that time.
1: And what startups do you have in-house today? And and how are you staying in touch and, and helping them?
0: Um, so it's a real mix of companies. Uh, as an incubator, we're uh, industry agnostic, so we don't really focus on any A particular type of company although given that we're connected to Stockholm School Economics we do get a lot of service focused companies and a lot of B2C and right now we're trying to support them by uh, doing our workshops online. We do have a lot of workshops uh, in the pipeline and I I think nobody has said no to doing their workshops uh, online instead of doing them Uh, In the office. So that's great. Uh, And then we're trying to communicate much, much more through Slack. And I I spent a day kind of structuring Slack and creating user groups and channels. And uh, Slack just released a new uh, UI where they basically like you group channels. I don't know if you've seen it yet.
1: I saw the new uh, UI, but I didn't see that specific function.
0: Yeah. And it's amazing. And you can start channels and new channels and um, basically just um, group them in the way that you want to use Slack. Now it yeah. feels like I'm selling Slack here, but, uh, <laughs> but it works great for us. And I think uh, we want to we wanna put more resources and we want to put more uh, engagement in Slack anyway. So it makes so much sense for us to do that now.
1: Oh yeah. Slack is a fantastic channel. I've spent so much time in it uh, these days. Yeah. And it, it's the weird with the timing that they released their biggest uh, UI or design update uh, ever yeah, while people are using it more than ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it's great. And I hope that they're kind of working their product into being more friendly towards sort of uh, not just being the tool for... Uh, connecting with people when you don't want to bug them in the office, but really the tool oh, yeah. for us to, to work together and to yes. communicate t- together uh, in a world where we maybe don't meet each other as often.
1: One function that I would like, I don't know why we're going so deep into this <laughs> Slack right now, but I think a lot of people are using it. Yeah. One function and let's hope they're listening. <laughs> One <laughs> function I would hope to have is the ability to record uh, audio, just send audio clips
0: you're I think one that of would those yeah
1: <laughs> I think it would help a lot in communicating on the go and faster mm-hmm. and text is hard
0: yeah no that's true I mean I uh, when you say it I realized that I almost never use slack on the go just because we manage an office oh yeah um, and then in the same sense I would always sit by my computer during that time
1: I get it and then not are on run yeah you're out. okay yeah I get it um, so enough of slack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so, how did you get into this position, and how was your journey in into um, running SSE Business Lab?
0: Because yeah. I know you've
1: been on the other side previously. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, I usually uh, I, I pride myself with having been uh, or having seen the different sides of of being an entrepreneur and and now working with entrepreneurs, helping them. When I was uh, a student at SSE, I started my own uh, company that we ran in, uh, We ran for two years. And yeah. I was a part of the Sting's acceleration program as well.
1: Oh yeah, right. Opposite us.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. They're also at the building. And uh, basically, as a student, I was a part of Business Lab as a way for me to engage in the entrepreneurial activities at the school. Uh, And then when I founded my company, we applied to sit at the business lab and we did that for a few months before we started the acceleration program at Sting.
1: And just a quick explanation of Sting.
0: So Sting stands for uh, Stockholm Innovation and Growth. Yes. And they run uh, acceleration and incubation programs as well as we do. Uh, But they've been doing it at a much larger scale. uh, And I would say uh, in a more... Uh, focused way than we have been doing.
1: That's interesting. How would you say, could you explain a little bit more on that difference just as a quick side note?
0: Yeah. So uh, during their programs, they have quite massive uh, support from coaches who are employed at Sting to support the startups. And uh, it's, uh, even though it's acceleration or, or incubation, the hands on support that they get is quite different from ours. I usually say that if if companies need uh, need support daily or they need they want to sit with someone uh, every week to really go through everything that they um, that they have planned or that they want to do or they need advice or uh, coaches to help them get there, staying is a better program for them while we are sort of an uh, i would say you work more on what uh, what you already know that you need. And we have coaches who support you monthly, for example, in the incubation program. And oh, then yeah. uh, workshops and all these resources that you can pick out from. So it's sort of a smorgasbord board of, mm. uh, of incubation.
1: Okay, I get it. That that was helpful for me. So Sting more have employed coaches and mentors while you might have a network yes. of coaches and mentors that you can utilize and that uh, affects the speed maybe but the support is there but you can get it in different ways
0: yeah and i think uh, as i know sting very well we try to collaborate and make sure that uh, the companies that they have that um that makes sense that they come to us they do and the companies that we have that makes sense that they go the sting program um, they do so
1: i love hearing that yeah. that you're collaborating
0: yeah well it's In the Stockholm startup ecosystem, I feel like if we wouldn't collaborate, uh, it would just be chaos. Because honestly, we have so many good um, sources of um, places where you can go, places where you can get help. And most of it's it's government funded. And that's something that I learned when I started working here is that since um, we are all government funded, it doesn't make sense that that we are in competition or that we compete with each other. Because all of us are using the same funds anyway. So we need to collaborate in a way where the ideas and the entrepreneurs come from sort of getting inspired somewhere to internationalizing and really strengthening Sweden as a whole and strengthening innovation and, and bringing back to the community in a way that sort of makes sure that the government funds are being utilized correctly.
1: That's so well said, and I realized the same thing when I was working at Invest Stockholm, yeah. uh, Stockholm's official investment promotion agency. Yeah. And we're an, uh, we were an active part of sort of trying to bolster this uh, ecosystem. Mm. And you realize, just like you said, we're an ecosystem, not competing with each other, maybe competing with other ecosystems, but also maybe. collaborating with other ecosystems, seeing it larger than yourself or your startup.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And yeah, if you want to take it far, we're like the whole ecosystem is is the world and we're using the same resources. So let's utilize it in the best way.
0: Yeah. And I think us as resource providers have such an incredible opportunity in um, both being accessible to anyone who's interested in joining us, but also giving out those resources in a way that strengthens the community. And I mean, we have talked a lot about diversity and how important it is that as resource providers funded by government funds, we need to be, uh, we need to provide our resources in a fair way.
1: Mm, yes. And really reflect society, I'm guessing, like how society looks yeah. should be mirrored in how your ecosystem or your lab looks.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Uh,
1: l- let us get back to your journey.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, after we, after I left my company, I realized that I I wanted to work with entrepreneurship and I wanted to run my own business. But after sort of the roller coaster of being in a startup, I wanted a a stable job and <laughs> stable income and uh, and everything that came with it. Uh, so I started working as a product manager, but really i i said in the end of it i wasn't meant to be employed and i think i i didn't really mean that because i'm i'm very happy being employed now but i wasn't meant to just do things for someone else um and not really believing in it you know and i i saw that differing to my startup journey in a sense where i i had all the control i decided the strategy and i decided where we wanted to go and of course Including with my with my whole team, but it was sort of our journey, and it was our decisions that were placed in the product or placed in the strategy. Um, and I think that's what I value very much about this job, which I then um, came into after this product manager job, where I I head up the incubator, of course, um, with the tremendous support of the school, and and I have a board which consists of. Uh, for researchers and the CFO at the school. So I get the support from the, um, from the school and we decide on the strategy together that really aligns with everything that they do, both research wise and and education wise over there. But we are, we are the ones who know incubation, right? We're the ones who know the ecosystem and the the business sector in a way where we can support our startups and our companies. And they might not even be students. They, might be alumni and haven't been working for 10 years and they might need different things than the school can provide them. Uh, and that's where we come in and we set our own strategy in that sense.
1: That's a very valuable insight you got. Like I'm taking it as uh, you, you needing to work closer to your why or a why sort of behind yes. the work you do. Definitely. Very valuable insight. How long have you been uh, heading up SSE Business Lab? By
0: uh, now? So I started in June 2018. So soon as will be two years.
1: Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. So in what way are you taking the Business Lab and what are you excited about moving forward?
0: So, I mean, we have, uh, I have such a backlog with crazy fun projects to, to do with the Business Lab. And I think, so I see myself more as a starter rather than, Sort of a manager of something. And that means that uh, the reason I took this job was because I saw uh, an opportunity to make it better. And I think that I will stay here as long as I can do those kind of things mm-hmm. uh, because I won't be here to just manage everything. Uh, and that's not where I am the best CEO. Uh, and I think someone else should take over at that time. But um, but that means that we also do a lot of new things, and we try different things, and oh yeah, and we try to sort of practice what we preach, and do prototypes and MEPs of things, and see if it works, see if it spreads, and then if it makes sense to keep doing it, uh, we do it. Otherwise, we sort of shut down that project.
1: That's a very mature, once again, realization of yourself, your strength and weaknesses. And knowing that, knowing what your your strength and your weaknesses is, it sounds like you can place yourself in the right context and really utilize that initiator mentality that you have and run several experiments to find what
0: sticks. Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to realize, but it also, it gives you a sense of uh, control and, uh, I don't know, confidence to know that you're not good at everything, you know? Yes. You, and you should not do everything. You should do what you're good at. And then if that means you're uh, doing it for a few years and then you need to do something else, then uh, I think that that's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. And speaking of an experiment or an idea or initiating something new, mm. you and I have been talking about a podcast. Yes. How has the thoughts around that evolved? I would really like to see an SSE
0: Business Lab podcast. Yeah. I mean, me too. I think it's, I think we have so much uh, knowledge and so much uh, value to bring to the ecosystem that we don't uh, do now. Um, I feel like when I, when I came into SSC and to the business lab, uh, we are seen as sort of an an exclusive organization because we're working only towards SSC affiliated startup teams right and SSC mm. is already sort of seen as an exclusive school because of um, the high uh, qualifications that you need in your GPA to get in yeah and I think it's starting to shift especially with SSC bringing in students from uh, with different quotas so yeah. such as um, uh, interviews and um, these kind of special merits that we have Um but I wanted to make business lab and everything that we can provide to everyone accessible to everyone. And I think a podcast is a great way to do that. And I mean, we have such a tremendous, um, uh, we we have such a great network of experts. And um,
1: I really see a podcast with, like you're saying, the experts from academia. I see the entrepreneurs, the current entrepreneurs. I see partners like sting and, and other players in the ecosystem i see previous uh, graduates if you call yes. call them that so i see a huge mix of different uh, individuals that can contribute with a lot of knowledge and as i see it i believe podcasting is a perfect format for that
0: yeah i agree and uh, i love that you say that because we're we've been talking also about kind of getting all of these different inputs on maybe the same topic from different people and yeah. seeing how can we uh, How can we talk about the same topic but get all the different perspectives on it? And it doesn't have to be only entrepreneurship.
1: That would be great. So you're still working on this. If you were, were to set it up, do you think you know what it would be called?
0: I'm and I'm so asking that names. so the
1: listeners can find it later on.
0: <laughs> no, I don't know. It will probably be called something with the SSE Business Lab, but yeah. I'm so bad with names. We're also... And uh, we had a workshop the other day to try to name all of the different uh, events that we do. And we just, we just laughed at each other because, <laughs> we, yeah, it wasn't really great.
1: Okay. But they can follow SSE and you, I'm guessing, could you give us some handles to follow?
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, the business lab is found both on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and on LinkedIn, and we're very active there. Um, and we will for sure share everything there that we uh, that we publish. And if you want to follow me, you can do that on Julia Delin on um, Instagram.
1: Perfect. I want to send you off with one question. What are you personally excited about learning more within the near future?
0: Hmm. So given this crisis, I think it's, incredibly inspiring to see the new ideas that pop up and the way that we start to think differently around how are people behaving and what do people need in a time that has sort of where where digital has been pushed so so much forward that we didn't think that we would it would be and noticing different demands that come from that I'm very eager to learn more about how to think in terms of industries to work towards and industries maybe to not work towards mm. and understanding what ideas will be sort of the next, you know, 2008 Slack and Uber and all of those that came at in our other financial crisis.
1: Oh yeah. Um, so sort of, could you call that futurology?
0: Yeah, Maybe. I mean, it. I think it doesn't have to be so complicated and it's not really about predicting the future in a sense. It's more about understanding uh, and trying to think a few steps ahead in terms of consequences. So mm. I, I have a good example. And now that we're working more remotely and still need to do workshops, we, we can't put post-its in front of us mm. and we can't write on a whiteboard Uh, Together and we can't paint sort of a picture where we want to brainstorm or or work creatively. Yeah. And uh, I think there are there's an opportunity for these kind of these kind of platforms where you can collaborate on projects, maybe through a whiteboard or Mm. putting post its up on um, a board that you all can see and you, you, you see how everyone's moving and you see how everyone's uh, writing their own things. And suddenly it makes more sense to do it online because on a whiteboard, you can be 10 people standing on the whiteboard and writing at the same time, but, but you can be all, uh, brainstorming together on, um, like digitally on a platform where you can uh, see real time, how people are writing and people are moving.
1: So sort of democratizing a workshop.
0: Yeah, in a sense, but also making it accessible and yeah. making it almost easier to work digitally than uh, working physically. And and it it's not really that difficult to get to that point, but you have to think about, okay, so we're working more at home. What's the consequence of that? We need to still do our workshops online. And what's the consequence of that? That we need to we need to find a way to interact with each other in the same way that we would have in our office and how sort of what do we need for that and just i mean this is what we teach or try try to teach our startups all the time um, what is really the need that you're you're answering to and what is the problem that you're solving and how can you point that towards a target group that makes sense for you and and who has that problem and usually people When you describe the perfect, the perfect um, way of starting your business is always like, oh, you find a problem and you uh, and you see the need for something and you come up with a solution. But that's not really how it works, right? You know this as well. We usually start with the with the solutions. Oh yeah. Of course the, I think the answer isn't to to scrap your solution and, and only look at the problem. But it's to say, okay, I have the solution and and it solves a problem here, here and here, maybe, uh, and for these different target groups. And instead of uh, sort of going back and only focusing on one problem, you can do the MVP of testing your uh, solution with different target groups and different markets and different uh, for different problem descriptions and uh, work your, your solution around Uh, a problem or a market that you in the end decide to focus on because i think in sweden we focus too much on launching in the swedish market and the swedish market is very different from other markets and what we see is that many startups stay in sweden because they can't reach out um and it's funny how we we tell ourselves like sweden is such a great test market we have such high um penetration of uh of d- technology and and everyone's talking about it as such a great test market but that means yeah okay so uh germany will be a good test market for you in in three years or five years if if you're working with mobile banking for example or yeah. uh, the u.s will be a good test test market uh at least uh, nationally maybe in 10 years and it doesn't make sense to think like that i think
1: because so have they to, had different
0: problems. Yeah, exactly. And I think there are a lot of cool startups coming out of Sweden now who just say, we're not going to focus on Sweden at all. We're going to make a little revenue in Sweden so that we can raise like a good round, but we're not going to have Sweden as our market. And I think those companies uh, are going to end up doing being much more successful than the ones who stay in Sweden.
1: That's very interesting. and. We uh, were speaking about this like collaborative whiteboard, uh, uh, post-it notes. Have you heard of Google Jamboard?
0: No, I haven't.
1: I'll send you a link. Uh, <laughs> I did. I hadn't heard of it before as well, but it's been around, and it reminds me of what you're talking about. So they built this Jamboard. It's exactly that. It's a, it's a interactive board where you can. It's it's a whiteboard basically. You're several people collaborating around it. You can put post-it notes. You can write as a whiteboard and. Exactly what you're explaining here. That's nice. And it's funny because when you're talking about like the problem, uh, building a solution, but not having the problem for it, Google built this previously, but it's becoming super relevant now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's an interesting example of what you're speaking about there.
0: Yeah. And I think, as you say, it's, it's much more relevant to think in these terms when you already have a business and you have to pivot because of the market changing. And if you're really starting something from scratch, of course you should start with the need and start with a problem that you think is worth solving. Yeah. Um, but in this time, now that we're working with our startups to try to navigate this space and try, try to navigate this this huge change in the market, we have to talk about, okay, so what target groups are relevant now? Who can pay for your product? Who will pay and who uh, who will need it? Who will not need it anymore? And I think a great example of that is uh, a company that we've had both in our acceleration and incubation program called Places. And they do basically co-working spaces out of unused uh, city space. So now they're working with restaurants dur- who are closed during lunchtime and making it into a co-working space oh, yeah. um, when they're not sort of there and and uh, and setting everything up. And they have been... Uh, forced to iterate from focusing on uh, bringing in those freelancers who want to just have a place to sit instead of sitting at home or sitting in a coffee shop to maybe focusing more on families in the same way that um, Nordic Choice ha- has done with, you know, get away from your home if you have important meetings. And uh, yes. Nordic Choice uh, offers their hotel rooms as, as um, sort of, an office for the day. Yes, um, I saw that. Yeah, and and they need to. So instead of focusing on freelancers, maybe they need to focus on families, or mm. at least people who uh, live with children, or uh, have um, uh, live in small apartments with maybe just one partner, or with uh, with roommates uh, who need to get away from there to have those important meetings during the day. And and these are the changes that. We will need to see happen if they're going to survive, especially in our case where our companies are so young.
1: That's a very good advice to any entrepreneur out there, li- really being adaptive, agile and iterating your, your uh, solution or um, adapting to the problem rather.
0: Yes, definitely. And I also have to, since you mentioned Google's um, Jamboard, what's it called?
1: Yeah, Jamboard. Yeah.
0: We're using something called Miro. Um, oh, yeah. And now I feel like I'm a marketing person for all of these companies. But <laughs> uh, they're also quite cool in, uh, in sort of the Post-it uh, uh, brainstorming. You can make checklists. And we work with that for our website development, for example. It makes a lot of sense to use it. And I think more of these kind of softwares will need to pop up.
1: Yes, and the existing ones will need to adapt and really go into the assumption that we're all remote right now. We're all in desperate need of being able to connect digitally. Previously, they've just seen it as, oh, we're an add-on to whatever. But now the assumptions need to be shifted and realize that, okay, this is the one way people are working together right now.
0: Yeah, and I think you should see it more as a, uh, an opportunity than sort of a problem-solving situation. Mm. And um, if we look at it in that sense, we will also see more ideas popping up and yes. hopefully some, some great companies created during this time of the crisis.
1: That's great, Julia. This conversation has been great. Thank you so much for jumping on the Learnability Podcast.
0: It's been great to be here. Thank you for inviting me, Niseth.
1: And I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, being able to hang out at the office soon again.
0: <laughs> me too. Let's grab a coffee as soon as we're back.
1: Yes. Until then, stay safe.
0: You too. Bye.
1: You've been listening to the Learnability Podcast, and we hope you're safe wherever you are in the world. As mentioned, please get in touch with any questions or thoughts. You can actually send me an email directly at innocent at Or visit learnability.online and you'll find the details there. Until next time, stay curious.